Hello and welcome everyone to That Was a Departure, a music podcast where I talk to my friends, family, and other music nerds like myself about their favorite albums that were a departure from a band's previous work. Today, for my first ever guest, I'm excited to bring in my friend Brady. When I pitched this podcast idea to Brady, she was immediately excited and said, I want to talk about Paramore. Brady is a huge Paramore fan. She was really excited, and she's actually kind of uh, the reason I pulled the trigger on this podcast, which I've been thinking about doing for a long time. So she was excited to talk about Paramore, and she specifically wanted to talk about their 2017 album, After Laughter, which was a really big swing for them, a big departure for them from uh, their early pop-punk roots. So Brady and I talked a lot about their 2007 record, Riot, which was their first really big album and breakout album, and and solidified them on that pop-punk, emo-punk scene. And then we pivot to talking about After Laughter, which is 10 years after Riot. We had a really great, fun conversation about lyrical content, music composition, and all the little things that are actually very similar between the 07 Riot and the 2017 After Laughter, while also digging into what's different and why it's different and why we think they changed so much. It was a fun conversation. I'm glad Brady joined me, and I'm glad she kind of pushed me into doing this podcast So without further ado, here is Brady and I discussing Paramore after laughter on That Was a Departure. We're here today to talk about, who are we talking about today? We're talking about Paramore, of course. Yeah, Paramore. Yes. Yes. The yeah. Haley Williams project. The Haley Williams project <laughs> of our lifetime yes. that we love and adore. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Brady, why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience with Paramore? Hmm. Well. When did you start listening to them? <laughs> Why? Yeah. What? Where were you in your life? Because I could tell you where I was. You remember exactly? Sort of. Okay. I, I was, remember. I was in high school. I, yeah. Me too. I was edgy. I was emo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that was the scene. Like, right. I, I feel like... For us, right. we were we were around the same age, so yep. it, everybody wanted that uh, that sort of edgy, punky emo yeah. vibe that was really cool. Yep. And yeah, I I liked all of the the popular stuff. I feel like eh, I loved me some Fallout Boy. Yeah. Some Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. But I think Haley Williams was such a draw. Yeah. Because she had that vibe, you know, yep. Paramore has that vibe that you're looking for with that edgy pop punk. What makes them different to you then? Because uh, if we're going to talk about Riot in a second. Right. What makes, you mentioned Fall Boy, Panic at the Disco. Mm-hmm. What makes Paramore different from them? I think. Is it Haley solely? I mean, it... it has a lot to do with Haley. Yeah. It's her just clear talent. Yeah. Um, And I think that. They made a really accessible album. That was that was something that when we, when we talk about Riot, yeah. um, anyone could listen to Riot and hear how incredibly talented Haley was. Yeah, and not feel overwhelmed or hmm, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? 
is it like uh well i'll I'll, is it more like a like a like a hominess to it where it doesn't feel like it's uh no it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard maybe something like that maybe maybe it's it just felt like very widely appealing i guess Uh like People who liked all sorts of different music yeah. could enjoy Paramore right. for their sound. I can I can back that up. I okay. was a metalhead in high school. Were you? Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Fully. And I loved Riot. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it was just, it was so easy to listen to for so many different people. Right. And that's kind of what drew me in. Yeah. I think I, I probably heard Paramore for the first time on the radio. Sure. Um... I don't know that I did. I feel like that top 40s, they, yeah. they like broke into it yep. with with yep. uh, Misery Business and yep. That's What You Get. Yep. Um, but the album as a whole, I just, I loved and latched on to. Where were you in your life mm-hmm. that you had this connection with Riot, I guess? Before we get too far into it, or that you had this, was Riot the first Paramore album you heard? Because they have one before it. They did. Yeah. yeah. Riot was definitely the first one that I had heard. Yep. Um, but I know that once I heard it, I went back. Yep. Um, and listened to their first, what was it? It was just like a little EP, All I We think. Are is... All We Are is Falling. Yeah. 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 I'm familiar with that one, but um, I don't know. I feel like it has that new band jitters kind of feel to it. Like they the didn't. The first album. Yeah. yeah all right. we know is. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it didn't feel as uh, like wrapped up in a bow as sure. Riot does. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Riot feels like a package. Yeah. Like it feels intentional. It does. Yeah. From front to back, it feels intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And like to your point earlier, I think it was very accessible. Yeah. And uh, I guess we could talk about Riot. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Riot, and then uh, and then eventually we're going to talk about how ten years later they released After Laughter and how different that was. Yeah, um, Riot was recorded. They took four months to record it, three or four months, January to April two thousand and seven, which is crazy. That's a really short amount of time, and it was released June of two thousand seven. It was recorded and released within six months. I didn't know that. That's insane. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, but for a band's second album, I get so you can. I think like we talk about it being like a tight album. Mm-hmm. I think you get some of that. Um, it almost feels like they just had it ready to go. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Um, well, I think they were all they had all known each other for quite mm-hmm. a bit of time, right? I don't know if you looked into like I think the were, early days. I think they were like friends in high. Oh, did I look into the early days? The I early found, days. I found time. their MySpace page. Oh. I was, was going to bring that up a little later. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like Haley Williams moved moved when she was young, like thirteen, yeah. and then kind of met these guys in in high school. Yeah, it feels like they had rapport, and yeah. by the time they got to like be in a band, yeah. they really they kind of knew what they were gonna they knew what they were about. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I I kind of have a few notes that mm-hmm. I'm curious as to your. So you mentioned Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy, right? I was a big Fall Out Boy. I didn't. I wasn't into Panic at the Disco so much. Yeah. I was a big Fall Out Boy in high school and into college. And still, I'm still, I might do an episode later about Fall Out Boy. You I should. Like, I feel like they get too much shit. As with anything, some of it's deserved. But, yeah. Um, so I did find their, I found their website. Thank, thank, thank you to the Internet Archive, the Wayback Machine, if you're familiar. <laughs> thank you to that. I found their original website, paramore.net. 
So from paramore.net backslash about oh, on that boy. page, they had a section. It it reads like a MySpace page. I actually found their MySpace page too, but I think it was put together like on like GeoCities or something, some horrible early website creator. They have a section on it that's called musical influences. And here's who they list. This is this website. This snapshot was taken right after Ride came out. Okay, so like two thousand, circa two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah. This is who they list: musical influences, Jimmy Eat World, Sunny Day Real Estate, Newfound Glory, Death Cab for Cutie, and Thrice. Wow, that's such a weird. Like you could say that they're all kind of like pop punky. Sure, but to th- I just love the Thrice thrown in at the last second. <laughs> Seems weird. <laughs> like yeah, that's a little more punk. And mm-hmm. Fall Out Boy's not listed, but. Um, but weren't I, they kind of active during the same time? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't so, know. Uh, I guess it goes. It, what what you would what would you call a musical influence at right. that point? You know, we're so from under the cork tree. Fall Out Boy's like big album came out in two thousand and five. I thought it was two thousand six, but yeah, yeah, 2005. May two thousand and five. Right. Infinity on High, their their third album came out two thousand and seven. Seven. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So Paramore was right around that time. Yeah. Um. How it's worth noting that. They, I think After Laughter is the same, but Riot was released by Fueled by Ramen, mm-hmm. which was a huge pop punk label in the 2000s. So that's where you get Fall Out Boy, Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World, I think their first album was Fueled by Ramen's first release. Huh. Was Jimmy Eat World's like 1998 album or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Panic at the Disco is on that. Um, what I'm trying to say is that like, that's the foundation upon which they built this band. Sure. Right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Riot? What notes did you take? It it was it was so fun to go back and listen to it. It had been a really long time since I had yeah start to finish start just to finish, like yeah. listen to Riot. Um, I okay my notes on my absolute first impressions. Yes. Um, the first thing that I noticed is like that the, Riot is ageless. Sure. It could have come out this year. Yeah. And I think it would have sounded the exact same yeah. way. Yep. So, yeah, I guess that, that timelessness really stood out to me. Um, what about it specifically? I, Are you going to get more into that? or? We can, yeah. yeah. I think that I think that the sound that they achieved just overall yeah. um, was just so buttoned up and mm-hmm. like put together. The production value is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for a band second album, the production value is really great. Yeah. 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 I guess that was mostly what it was. And, yeah. and it felt like the lyrics were, uh, I guess like not too deep, but not too shallow, sure. you know, like yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. they're yeah. really like they ride that middle ground yeah. where, um, yeah. to move into my second point and something that I've already talked about is yes. that like, it's so accessible. It's so relatable mm-hmm. to like so many different people. Yeah. Um, and that really struck me on my, my listen through, um, my third point that I, um, you know, every once in a while, uh, (laughs) you find a piece of media that you remember in a totally different way. Sure. And I like had like, oh gosh, I had such an interesting time noticing how religious Riot was. Um, huh. that's something I really want to dive into because I paid attention to it a lot, huh. um, in my listen through. This is what you were, you told me off mic that you found something. I did. I didn't find religion in Riot. You didn't. No, I didn't. 
I wasn't looking for it. <laughs> you know, and you but know, I think that's one of the marks of a. Of I wrote a some great... lyrics down. I wonder if I read through it if I if I find it now. <laughs> Did you write lyrics from? Uh, let me give you my list of religious songs. Yeah, hit me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Hallelujah. We got oh, one. Of course. I mean, that one is obvious. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. But when it rains, let the flames begin. Miracle and we are broken. Like I think okay. all of those fall into that very like. Uh, stubbornly religious category. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I have sources to back up my... Uh, oh, you do? I do. Is it their MySpace page from 2007? It is not, oh, okay. but it is <laughs> They the... didn't list Jesus Christ as an influence, but I said they didn't. <laughs> you looked at me insane. I was, insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, you did not. No, they you didn't. You did not find that. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, I... Well, I mean, I guess it goes back to, like, the who was in the band at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of digging on um, the Faro brothers, Josh and Zach. Who are no longer in the band, I don't think. One of them is. Okay. He returned. But they they started out in the band even, I think, before Riot, right? They they were some of the original members. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah Zach Faro is still, he was on After, After Laughter, Laughter. Yep. as the drummer. Yeah. Okay. And I know one of them, this is an aside, one of them got accused of some shit and they ended up going back and changing the album cover on like Spotify and stuff. Yeah, I, there I was something. Was. I think it was Josh, okay. but I'm really not positive. Yeah. I couldn't find a ton of information on it, yeah. but they both left the band in 2010. And one of the reasons that they cited mm-hmm. for leaving yeah. was uh, religious differences. And they both identify as like hardcore Christians interesting yeah and so they said that like you know Haley williams worldview kind of wasn't on par with theirs huh just so weird but so all those songs that i mentioned yeah, yeah it's yeah. like five of the 11 songs on uh, the album is, uh, who is um i'm looking right now yeah because i know yeah so josh mm-hmm. and one well, zach on a couple are listed as co-writers on exactly. s- some of those songs that was literally going to be my point yeah when it rains mm-hmm. um he's a josh faro is a writer we are broken that's what you get so not like hallelujah which you mentioned let the mm-hmm. flames begin you didn't mention that one so did you get into more of like i didn't get it at all Interesting. i need to re-listen to it now yeah apparently. you should no you should other than like the very base level like the word hallelujah is religious oh yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> you know like i get that you have to look i guess you have to look a little bit farther past that yeah i might need to look up lyrics yeah okay so i've got we are broken up right now mm-hmm. this i do is, too this is the chorus we are broken what must we do to restore our innocence and all the promise we adored here's where it is mm-hmm. give us life again because mm-hmm. we just want to be whole yeah. Give us give us life again is very Christian. <laughs> like your arms like towers so, tower over me. So your arms like t- I heard that and if you base it on the other songs, that line alone could just be an emo love lyric. Absolutely. And I think that's because what this album is full of that. I think that's yeah. what this album like serves to do really well. Yeah. Um all of these lines, even the ones where, yeah, if you read them through a religious lens, you're going to find something. Sure. But even the ones that, you know, those same lyrics, you could you could read them through a really emo kind oh, absolutely. of punky and, lens. And I, so I, I, the how I found Paramore was, I believe, through Rock Band or through Guitar Hero. Sorry. You know this about me. Yes. But, um... 
Misery Business was on a Guitar Hero game. Right. And I'm fairly certain that's the first time I heard it, I think. So, um, or it may have been on like, you know how like Fueled by Ramen probably did like a demo disc or something at one point. It may have been on that. So in 2007, when I'm 17 and I'm listening to emo and metal and metal that people think is emo and probably is. But at the time I was like, no, it's not. So that's when I came back and listened to it again for this podcast. That's what I saw it as still there. So all of my notes are like, this is emo as hell. Um, right. Why, why do we like to hurt so much? I don't know, Haley, (laughs) you tell me, uh, um, it's the million dollar question. That's what, that's what you get when you let your heart win. I know that that's the, that's what you get when you let your heart win is so fuck. Like, that's what you get when you like, that's why, why do I even try? Right. Like, um, love is pointless. You know, it's all these emo things. And who can't relate to that? Right. Like no one, you know, and not, and spoiler alert. I think she keeps a lot of that on After Laughter. I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I really do. For whatever that's worth, right? Yeah. So. I just think that looking at it through this lens where they had these two band members who saw the world through a Christian lens is really interesting because then you can absolutely compare it to After Laughter where, you know, you still have one of those band members who came back, Mm -hmm. I think specifically for that album. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was when he returned he returned to the band fully in 2017. Yeah. So to like really compare their like lyrical yeah. style yeah. and tone, I yeah. think is is very interesting. This is a lot deeper than This is interesting. I didn't yeah. I didn't go You said you had so Let the Flames Begin. We didn't look yeah. that one up. Yeah. Let's look at Let the Flames Begin. Because I wanted to ask you Part of this is I wanted to ask you your favorite song that's not a single on the mm, album. Okay. What's your favorite song that's not a single? My favorite song that's not a single. On this album. Probably Fences. You know, I, <laughs> I, sh- I should have written it down on paper and said I think she's going to pick Fences. I um, love Fences. Let the Flames Begin is mine. Let the Flames yeah, Begin is really good. I like that one. Um, so what do we think is Christian on Let the Flames Begin? Oh, I think the whole thing is. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's take a look. I mean, reaching as I sink down into light, whenever you mention like just the idea of light. Exactly. Um, that is a pretty stark, like that's not emo, you know? And actually, right. I, I think when I, when I did listen to this song, I marked that down on my notes. Like, and you were like, How? I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that one little lyric. Right. Because like I said earlier, like your arms like towers, I can kind of like throw that in sure, the emo Sure, you, you could be that in the, yeah. You, yeah. But I'm that not belongs sure I can, in the emo bucket. I don't bucket. think I can put reaching down as I, reaching as I sink down into light. I don't think that's right. in the emo bucket. But um, I think another thing that you can, uh, you know, throw into the emo bucket or actually bring back to the to the Christian bucket too yeah, is, yeah. is um, this idea that like, uh, of persecution okay um yeah. and that i think is what drew me to let the flames begin as a christian song yeah um i mean they're trying to take us down right we gotta fight the system yeah. you and know? there's and, and i i wrote this down too there's some very like there's some songs that are just straight that's what you get when you let your heart win. yeah there's some but there are some like kind of self-empowery songs yeah too on both this and on after laughter yeah i think let the flames begin is a super empowering mm-hmm. song yeah um i just noticed that the last um line and i know this because i can hear her saying it in my head mm-hmm. this is what will be oh glory 
they, well, she says that throughout the entire thing. Glory. Is oh, very, glory. Yeah. It's very it, religious. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so that was another reason uh, that I was going to point out, if you didn't, that I, I really pegged this one as like. Okay. So this is raw data. We have some raw data. Yeah. What does it all mean? All right. <laughs> Tie it I up in a bow for me. Do, what do you, what do you think? What is, what is it? Did you notice, you didn't notice this when you, when you first heard Paramore? No, not no. at all. And were, I and were you religious growing up at all? Was this something that was in your brain at the time at all, or no? I wasn't. I, I was not. I so. was not personally religious, but I did. You know, I grew up going to Catholic school. Okay. Um, and so I think my whole worldview was was sort of, I want to say clouded. Yeah. Um, just by you know being around people who were more devoutly religious than me and my family. Mm-hmm. No, okay. I guess I guess like a lot of. My formative years were spent in an environment sure. that, like, preached one way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And I like to give myself a little credit. I um, I was a huge reader. Um, I, I loved, like, classic literature and, like, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of different things. I was exposed to a lot of things through my parents, um, ooh, which is another <laughs> kind of... Paramore feels like a really weird mashup of all of the things that my parents love about music, which okay. we could get into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, what I was gonna say is, if you are raised religious, yeah, I could see how maybe you wouldn't see religious text here, right? And instead, you would see it as self empowerment. Yeah. Um, fight like. Can, like fight your own feelings or like be yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Which like is kind of antithesis to what like the Catholic church does. It's more like, you know, like being your, like Haley can preach like being yourself. Right. And for better or worse. Yeah. So I could see how that's how you would take it. And I think that that is how I took it when I first listened to it. You know, this was mm-hmm. all about like, yeah, you know, it all, it is a self-empowering song and you need to, you need to stand up for, your own like i in i guess individual yeah like, individuality I, like your yeah. identity right. yeah and even if it's um sad <laughs> you know <laughs> like even if it's emo you know even if it's emo um here's what it goes back to me or here's what it goes back to for me yeah yeah someone's christian mom could listen to let the flames uh, begin okay hold on I love and this. find it incredibly empowering in a this. totally different way yeah. Their accessibility, yeah, in that regard. Paramore Christian rock band? <laughs> Question mark. Well, My new YouTube video. <laughs> it's your new YouTube video, yeah, and that's what it's all about. Is that's that, like, like my face splashed on the YouTube screen, and it just says Paramore. Yep, exactly. Paramore Christian rock band? Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. And that's what it is. Is like you widen like your appeal so much yeah. by yeah. being able to like offer that sort of worldview. So I'm just rereading my. I wrote down some lyrics because, like I said, I, I all of my all of my observations about Riot were, I guess, very surface level. Yeah. But um, like I said, when I was listening to it, that's kind of where I was at. Mm-hmm. But um, in in high school, 
So I'm rereading for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic, which, by the way, is a fucking dope album opener. It's a great album, like the opener. fade in, to yeah. like the like it's so fucking good. Such a good. You listen to that. I I listen to that as like this metal kid. I played drums in a metal band. Their drummer on this fuck, and it's the same drummer, it's Zach. Zach, yeah. yeah. He's so fucking tight, and like I'm gonna come at this from a drummer's perspective. A lot of these albums that yes. I listen to yeah. for this podcast, his, the drumming is so fucking tight, yeah, and like heavy. Like yeah. really heavy on this album. For sure. Um, but the first line, well, not the first line, but I put my faith in you, so much faith, and then you just threw it away. So the the idea of faith again. Yeah. 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 They've been hurt. Right. They've been but, but by stricken whom? down. But by, by whom? whom? Satan? Maybe. I'm not saying it, but some people <laughs> are saying. Um, God, are we I... just emo kids or are we also sinners? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, so... I wanted to read, so as far as Riot goes as an album, it was included in Rock Sounds 101 Modern Classics as number 10 as an album. That's impressive. It is also included in their list of the 51 most essential pop punk albums of all time. And I think that it went triple platinum. It did in 2021. Two years ago, it went triple platinum. So... Yeah, it's insanely, like, commercial. Back sure. to your point about... I don't mean to say commercial in a bad way. No. Yeah, but um, to your point about it being accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's such... Well, we can talk about the the variety. Sure. Because even within that really, like, buttoned-up, put-together sound, yeah. you get so many different things. Yeah, Like, yep. you really... You get, like, a... You get like a hardcore arena oh, you rock get, style. And that's the stuff that I latched onto. Yeah. yeah. And then you misery get a ballad. Business, cr- <laughs> crush, crush, crush. Misery business. For a pessimist, I'm opt- I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. All of those. Yeah. I, I still listen to those. Those are on all of my like get amped playlists. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it could do it to anyone. Yeah. yeah. But then you mentioned really... Fences is one of your favorite songs. Yeah. And that that song just hits you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In a fully different way. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You get those. You get those like. Ah, like born for this. You remember how like hype yeah. you yes. feel when yeah. you hear that song? Those yes. like shouting gang vocals. Okay, so and... the gang vocals. So that's some early Fallout Boy stuff too. The yeah. gang vocals. Yeah. But crush, crush, crush. My, I think I, I don't know if you have in your head. My favorite part of Riot isn't my favorite part. If I had to pick one four second part of Riot uh-huh. that I love the most, it's in Crush, 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 where she goes rock and roll, baby. Don't you know that we're all alone now? I need something to sing about. That fucking part rips. That does. Like, that's that. If I can, if I can find a way to put music on this podcast without getting sued, I, <laughs> I, I will right there. But I don't think I can. So, like, I love any rock song where the singer says "rock and roll, baby." baby. I fucking love that. I love that just as much as I love when the singer goes guitar and then a guitar solo happens. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but that right there is like, they're fucking heavy, you know? Like, th- they, they prove that they can be really heavy. Yeah. Um, I think Crush, Crush, Crush is a really interesting song to, like, dig into more. Because it, I don't know, it it feels like a standalone, almost. Yeah. And I'm, was it a single? I'm, I'm surprised. It is a single. Okay. It's a single. Yep. All right. Yep. I, it is at once, like, totally unsurprising and then, like, weirdly surprising that that's something that they would release as a single. Yeah, the singles were Misery Business, Hallelujah, which actually, I'm surprised Hallelujah was a yeah, single. Yeah, I'm, okay, that, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Um, crush, 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 and that's what you get. That w- Yeah, that's yeah. what you get, and Misery Business are the ones that people really latched yeah. onto. Right. 
Yeah, it, Crush, 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 like, goes so hard. It's, it's fucking heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other Riot notes? What else do I have? Oh, actually, I have a great note about oh. mis- I have a great note about Misery Business. Okay. This is something that I found. Tell um, me. Oh, personal note. Hit that, hit that snare is how I defined my drumming in high school. <laughs> At the very beginning of Misery Business, she's like, hit that, hit that snare. And the song comes in. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. At the the first second of Misery Business is Haley in the studio. It's She's really quiet. She's away from the mic. And she says, hit that, hit that snare. And then the snare hits. I, and that's how the song starts. I guess I've never really listened to it. Like uh, If you put headphones on and you hit that, hit that snare. Bah! And then it's a punch in the face. Yeah. Love that. That's Love awesome. That. Love that fucking part. That part's great. That's but, um, great. Um, so the origins of Misery Business... Mm-hmm. Came from a message that Haley Williams posted on their live journal page. Oh my. Yeah. Live Which, journal. by the way, the Wayback Machine has also archived. <laughs> um, she asked fans to post about what they were ashamed of. She found out that most of them were, quote, reaching out to someone to spill their guts, which she recalled being an inspiration for Misery Business and for the songwriting of Misery Business. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Misery Business has an has an interesting history since Riots come out, right? How so? They well, it's the song I think that most people would uh, oh, associate with yes. Paramore. Yes. So there's that, but I also think that didn't the band stop playing it for a while? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um I I want to say it was 2020 or 2021 they announced that they won't play it live anymore. Um because of part of the song where Oh, Haley Haley Williams says something about someone being a whore. Oh yeah, yeah that part. Yeah, yeah. She said that uh, she uh, she was kind of ashamed of writing that. And, oh, uh, I'm on. So I'm I'm looking for that. Now. Yeah, you know you should look for it. Okay, I got it. Controversy. This is on the Misery Business Wiki page. There you go. On September 7, 2018, Williams announced during a concert that the band will play for the last time for a really long time mainly due to a line from the second verse that was deemed sexist and anti-feminist. Yeah. Williams did not sing that song again, so that was in 2018, did not sing that song again until 2022 Coachella when she performed an acoustic version with Billie Eilish. That's fucking dope. That I, is dope. I need to find a fucking video of Can that. Can you please? Um, and then they returned it to their set list in the fall of tw- uh, 2020 for their tour. Okay, so, interesting. Um, yes. So, oh, you know what? Here's my notes about Misery Business. Tell me. I'm loving that we're talking about this. Is Misery Business, mm. and then we got to get to After Laughter, is Misery Business the sister piece for Skater Boy? <laughs> I'll explain. The sister piece? Yeah, tell me Or more. just the cousin piece of the some co- kind. Watch as wildest dreams come true, not one of them involving you. That's fucking Skater Boy. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. Skater Boy's up yeah. on stage, just slamming on his guitar. And you're watching it happen, and I'm with them. Watch as wildest dreams come true, not one of them involving you. Although I think in that lyric, she's talking about herself. Right. A little bit. She is. Um, yeah. From what I understand. It's just like, it just... It's the better skater boy? It was never my intention <laughs> to brag, to steal it all away from you now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just heard that, and, I, and at a cursory look, I was like, this is just, this is fucking skater boy. This is a fucking heavy skater boy. Like, I think which, there's been a lot of comparisons, like Haley, Haley Williams and Paramore to Avril Lavigne. Really? I, yeah. Is it, is it only mean, because it's like female front rock groups? Is that part probably, of it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That yeah. like pop punk kind of emo-y sound. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's a natural comparison that yeah. people want to make. Right. But 
Yeah, it's an inter- I mean, it's an interesting take for sure. I don't know if I, I'm fully think, on board with it. it. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> we'll think about it. Um, and then one more note I had about it was, uh, she's got a body like an hourglass that's ticking like a clock. Yeah, just a really cool. That's line. a great line. Just a fucking cool line. <laughs> yeah, that. And I have this later, but that almost sounds like Taylor Swift before there was Taylor Swift. Some. Like, oh God. I had that later and after laughter. I somebody. Had a somebody that. else. Rep- oh, I think it was Peyton. So I made Peyton listen to this album Love it. again. Good. That's a good ex- exercise. Um, God. Now I need to look because she did compare. Was it on Riot? Yes. It was When It Rains. Yeah. She said it reminded her of um, Fearless Era Taylor. Yeah, sure. And yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can, can see get on too. board with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Meanwhile, I was just screaming that the song was about Jesus. But <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about that one being about Jesus? Did we did we pull did we pull that up? No. What is it called? <laughs> when, when it rains. rains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we pull that one up? Okay, then we gotta talk about after laughter. Okay. What do you think? What do you think here? But okay, so earlier about talking about how this reminds me, talking about how this uh, this album is like has a few twists and turns in it. You know, mm-hmm. this is one of those examples as far as like more of a slow ballady kind of thing. Yeah. But still kind of like still rock. Right. You know. And I think what we, to like, to start the transition to their later stuff, I think what we find um, in their later stuff, and you see it right away in Brand New Eyes, Mm -hmm. um, is like the ability or like the desire or whatever it is for them to do more than just pop punk, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think that definitely tracks. Yeah. Um, And I feel like After Laughter is such a good example of them branching out. Fully. But I I don't think that they didn't. Um, I think that they... Uh, can we talk about the other albums or no? We just got to sure. move on. Yeah. I we mean... Can, we can like... We can bridge it. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, I really looked to that, um, that self-titled album mm-hmm. kind of after Brand New Eyes, which I also feel like is very Jesus-y. Yeah. Um, and it makes sense because I think that was the last album that the both of the Faro brothers yes. recorded with the band. Yep. And then you see a definite switch um, with that self-titled album. So the the idea behind the podcast right, yeah. is to get meta and talk about the podcast. Yeah. Is to compare to to find the album that was a departure from their early stuff right yeah. but it can it's it can be unfair and hard to pinpoint one thing right but in studying quote unquote for mm-hmm. this i did quickly i you texted me and said you've never heard ain't it fun and i yeah. had to listen to it and i was like oh i have heard this yeah. i just yeah. didn't so you didn't realize from, from self from so i I had to, I went back really quick this morning and just scrolled through self-titled mm-hmm. to started some songs. It's still pretty rock heavy. It is. It's very rock heavy still. And they've done some like weird, cool things in it. But After Laughter just takes that and blows it up. Oh, for sure. And that's what I was going to get to yeah. is, is like you see a shift from Brand New Eyes to that album, but I don't think you see as much of a shift right. as Paramore was ready to take on. Yeah. Like, and yeah. showed us that in Riot, showed us that from the very beginning they were ready to kind of do all of these different things right right
I know that critical reception of After Laughter, some of it, well, it was good. It's it's critically well received. Mm-hmm. Some of it was this is Paramore um, trying to be more radio friendly. Interesting. Which it was, I think, because Hard Times is all over the place, um, and it's a good song. Right. So fair enough. But at the same in the same breath, Misery Business was all over the place too. Right. So I don't um, think that they needed to. Right. And yeah. so I think that's that's kind of an unfair. Um, it, it kind of it like it it. It, I think it pigeonholes them unfairly, maybe. It pigeonholes um, them and it, it sort of um, like shrinks them to, yeah. to just wanting commercial success, I guess. Yeah. And that's one reason why I wanted to do a podcast like this is because um, one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to music is when fans of bands say, oh, they just released this to be more radio friendly. Yeah. Um, and I... So... If, do you want to go into After Laughter? Yes, I do. So After Laughter released in 2017, so 10 years after Riot. Yep. I again, It was fueled by Rama in the same label. I had never listened to the entire album until you asked me to. Huh. So that was the impetus for me to listen to the entire album. I listened to it twice. I listened to it all the way through like a week or two ago, mm-hmm. and then again this morning. Oh, wow. Um, And... So yeah, I have a newfound kind of like understanding of it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm curious as to where you want to start with After Laughter. I mean... As far as how is this a departure from where we've been already? Right. You know? I think, well, going back to like, you know, where I... I remember where I was when mm-hmm. I heard After Laughter for yeah. the first time. Yeah, where was it? I think it was, well, a very interesting point in my life. I had just graduated from college and moved out to, to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we were in this weird political situation in the U.S. in 2017. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you yeah, all yeah. remember good old 2017. Yeah, everyone, remember, everyone remembers that. Yeah. And so it was just sort of a transition period for me personally. It felt like a really sharp departure for the U.S. Yeah. Um, and I was a dog walker in Boston, spending a lot of time driving around in my car. Yeah. Um, feeling really strange. And that's when After Laughter came out. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those albums that I immediately just fell in love with. Yeah. Because I was able to listen to it start to finish and really like it, it felt like it absolutely mirrored how I was feeling at that time. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so, yeah. It, it you was... talk, well, you talk about like, like psychiatrists or therapists talk about like adjustment sure. disorder or adjustment. And you, if you think about it, 2007, well, I was in high school. You probably just starting high school. I was, yeah, not quite. Yeah. I was in like, like eighth grade. Teenager is yeah. the biggest adjustment yeah. period of your fucking life when right. you're a teenager. And then you have a new life and America has a new <laughs> existence, right? Right. Um, a new identity. So we have that adjustment period again, which when I listened to it back, I was like, this is still emo, right? It is. Um, and I, and you don't expect it 
Because the album opens with like steel drum and marimba. Right. And maracas. And you're like, this isn't Paramore. <laughs> right. And then you listen to the first song and you're like, oh, it's Paramore with a synth. Yeah. And right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, yeah, somehow they still sound like them. Like mm-hmm. it is unmistakably Paramore. Right. Despite being such a departure from everything else that they'd ever done. But so something that I did, I don't know if you did this, but I, so I listened to the entirety of Riot and then I queued after laughter immediately. So yeah, it went so from did, the yeah. last song from Riot into, um, what's the first song? Hard Times? Hard Times, yeah. yeah. So it comes in with like, it sounds like you're on a fucking like boat in the Caribbean. <laughs> and I just sat there and I was like, this could this could never be a B-side on Riot. Right. right? No, it could. But um, I, may, we, maybe we go back to like what, what makes it sound like Paramore still. Haley is definitely I part mean, of it's, it. I mean, yeah. it's definitely Haley. But yeah. I think again, like going back to the the relatability or the mm. accessibility of this album. Yeah. It's Paramore is so good at that. Yeah. Um. I think Haley and her, whoever else she wrote after laughter with, they just hit on some things that that anyone can relate to, and um, it felt timely. It felt like, you know, maybe they were struggling with certain things. Sure. And we talked a lot about, or we talked a little bit about, um, their band changes, mm-hmm. and it sounds like there was some hard feelings for sure. Yeah, so this is the band's first album uh, since the return of Zach Farrow. Farrow? Farrow? Yeah, I don't know. On drums, who left the band with his brother Josh in 2010. Right. So this is their first album with him back. Yeah. And you mentioned who wrote the songs. Um, he Zach is credited on Rose Colored Boy, Pool, Grudges, mm-hmm. um, those three songs. Okay. So, um so this is what I wanted. I wanted to do this with Ryan, but we're past it. Yeah. Two or th- two or three words that encapsulate after laughter. Go. No thinking. Two or three words. Uh, brain exercise. This is a brain exercise. Somebody says, "Here's after laughter." You listen to it. What do you say? Uh, you say, "God." Can I? Why give is you, this so hard? Can I give you one of mine? Yeah. I already said it. Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like a Caribbean fucking, is it's great. like a fucking Caribbean, like they have like steel drum and marimba and maracas and, yeah. but then I was reading more, I was reading more, you come back if you think of a word or two. I'm going to think of it. I was reading more and like I was reading some of the critical reviews of it, not critic reviews, not critical reviews, mm-hmm. critic reviews. And let me see if I can find it. In a positive review, Harriet Gibson at The Guardian said the album is quote, Candy-coated bitterness at its best. That is so it, true. It may steer them away from the Kerrang crowd, so like the heavier crowd, mm-hmm. but one thing remains consistent to Paramore's emo roots, the theatrical malefluence of internal angst. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Candy-coated bitterness. Yeah. I heard I that and I was that. like, because I listened, like I said, I listened to it twice and I'm like, a lot of these songs are kind of... Play, saying some of the same things that we hear in Riot, mm-hmm. but they are like the drums and the funky ass basses behind them. Yeah. And it's like really jarring in some ways. Yeah. I um, I guess like the first, if I was to not think about it, I would say it's, it's bubblegum to me. Like yeah. it is, it's, uh, it's so 
pushes into that pop territory. It's bubblegum pop. It's it bubblegum yeah, pop. Yeah. The singles for sure are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got Hard Times and then what's the other single? Um, what was the other single? I have it in front of me. It wasn't Rose Colored Boy. Told you so. Told you so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Told you so. Rose Colored Boy is a single, but it was a later release. So Hard Times and Told You So were the first singles. Huh. Yeah. They, they, that's, that's the jarring thing is that they are fun songs. Yes. Um, so Paramore kind of, if you look at you, t- if we talk about starting at Riot and you move forward, I see a lot of, um, similarities between what Paramore did and what some other, you look at the other quote pop punk bands that made it this far. Yeah. You look at Panic at the Disco or Fallout Boy and these bands that ca- are still playing. Mm-hmm. Although Panic at the Disco's They I just they, broke they, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just Brandon Urie at this point. So <laughs> that's another podcast. Another whole podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, um, but you look at those bands and it's like, it, you, one could argue that it was like for commercial success. You look at these bands that kind of survive mm-hmm. and keep playing. And this is one of my soapboxes. It's like, do you really want that band to just keep making the same album? Right? Or would you rather right. they at least do something different? The different thing could be bad. It could be weird. I think, personally, from a guy who loves Riot, um, and Riot was a very defining album for me as far as like getting me into pop punk yeah um which i still am a big fan of i love pop punk but that was big for me in high school yep um and like through college like riot is huge for me and i listen to after laughter and i don't like it as much but i like respect them just fucking going out there and doing something yeah you know and musically it's a really good album yeah the and you can tell on the drums and the bass all that you don't hear a lot first off you don't hear a lot of guitar in this right. album that was one thing i was going to touch on is yeah. the biggest change i think is the guitar like you just you almost don't hear it they at all they replaced it with xylophone they were <laughs> <laughs> you know and cowbell and that <laughs> like, bass like mm-hmm. it, you know the the bass is really front and center which it's is so, so cool it's so funky yeah and like the funk d- is a good as another good word like it's, it's funky i wrote that down in my notes like seven times yeah as like as yeah. you hear like i the, think i wrote it down a couple times too the the bass is just turned way up yeah. in the mix you yeah. know and like i said i'm a drummer so we have the zach the drummer back on this album sure and what he's doing is like cool, really cool. Yeah. Um, he's doing some really cool polyrhythms and he's doing less. He's doing more with less. Mm. You can tell. You could like, I could see like Misery uh, misery Business or, or Riot in general. He's got like a 15 piece drum set with like a billion toms. Mm-hmm. And on this album, it would not surprise me if he had like two cymbals and one tom and that's mm. it. Like he, he, you can listen to it and he's doing so much with so little. Interesting. And like, there's like this forced creativity about that that I love. Yeah. Um. So like, musically, after laughter is like crazy weird and like in a good way and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um. What are some of your like favorite moments or tracks or something on it? I mean, "Rose Colored Boy" is probably my favorite track. Okay. I I just I love I love. I, there's not much I don't love about it. I think it's. It's so wonderfully like composed. Yeah. Um, it's so relatable on so many levels. You know what like, I love, you know what I love about Rose Colored Boy? What? It's low key, no pressure. It is low key, <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> but then but then you go on like in some of these songs and it's like 
some of the some of the topics are not low key no pressure. No, you know. So that's what's like so and I weird think, about like, this. Album. Well, I mean, I think even Rose Colored Boy, like, right. it's low key, but it's also like, oh shit, the song is about the patriarchy, right. kind of yeah. like, <laughs> right, 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 right. You right. know, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you, a white man, can totally just be low key no pressure. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can wear those fucking rose tinted glasses, uh-huh. dude. You're yeah. allowed. Yeah. And here we are, you know, just right. trying to like not die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and again, is that like you look at probably when they wrote these songs. Yeah. That's a, you know, every piece of art is a product of its time. Exactly. Is that a Trump thing, right? Is that a 2016, right? I mean, it totally could thing? be. Yeah. And just, again, going back to just how timely it was. Yeah. That, that song is, for me, like the perfect product of its time. Mm. So. I never actually thought about it, but when you said it, like. The idea that the boys, the rose-colored boy, because the boy is wearing rose-tinted glasses. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, and so to be able to like relate to the lead singer, who's sing- you know she's singing about this this kind of mindset mm-hmm. um, that she clearly doesn't relate to, right. and so I think coming at it from from like being able to, yep, like me and Haley maybe have a lot in common sure yeah yeah yeah. so like it's it's yeah i just think it's it's a wonderful piece of music it's a wonderful and here she goes again with i'm so annoyed because i just killed off what was left of the optimist in me yeah yeah so like very emo again but the low you okay here's here's the thing here's the thing about after laughter Low key, no pressure, just hang with me in my weather. Yep. I don't really know what hang with me in my weather means. Maybe like hang out with me under this dark cloud or something. I don't know. I'm putting a lot into that. That I mean, it's a it's an okay reading, right? Yeah, like, right. thank you. <laughs> um, whatever my weather is today, yeah, right? right? Just hang like, with me in my weather yeah. and stop wearing your rose collar glasses, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, I just love, low key, no pressure. And then she goes <laughs> like, you just killed off what was left of the optimist in me. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so jarring to to and i really want to talk about the last song mm-hmm. but like we can get there because yeah. it the album ends in a very cool way for me mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just it hearts are breaking and wars are raging on and i have taken my glasses off that's what she says yeah so don't make it's, me laugh i'll choke love that line yeah super emo super you know? super emo do you see religion in this album again no i don't and that was one of the the most striking differences to me is that like I maybe it was because I wasn't looking for it, but sure. I wasn't necessarily looking for it in Riot right. either. It yeah. just felt yeah. like it was overwhelming. I clearly wasn't, so don't <laughs> don't look to me for that. Yeah. yeah, it just yeah, it felt like it really struck me, and and I've had that happen with like many different things with books and and mm-hmm. music and yeah. but. I never, I didn't expect it to happen re-listening to Riot, mm-hmm. but I don't get that at all from After Laughter. After Laughter just sounds like they wanted to go make some fun music. Yeah. And, but, but again, the product of its time, Haley and, and Zach, I guess the songwriters were still dealing with some serious shit. How are you supposed to make fun music right. when you're going through these really personal, really right. like deep troubles and that's honestly when i was reading to reading this yeah uh, or, or listening and then reading through the lyrics and such i had this this is so stupid and this is like freshman 101 fucking <laughs> writing when you like you're reading you're lit 101 and you're reading a book you're reading fucking catcher in the rye and you're like i get it you know <laughs> but like um you know like that's my thesis baby but um calling it after laughter 
just right. You yes. had a, you had a moment there. I did. What ha- so I I saw that and I was like, what happens after laughter? Right. You, you have a moment. What happens? Yeah. You take stock, right? Yeah. Like you either continue being joyous, like you continue laughter, or you or. you take stock after you have you have a happy moment. You take stock and you move on. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. So I I just listened to the album and that's why I want to talk about the last song. But I just listened. And I was like, and then the album ended. I was listening to it front to back. Yeah. Album ended and I was like, hey, what happens after laughter? You know. I kind of thought about that for a second. They you do they do make you think about it. Yeah. Huh. I actually didn't think about that at all. Okay, when maybe I it's lit two oh one then. It's two oh one. I don't remember where we left off. Okay, well, I thought of some words um, after looking at my. Okay, so you thought of thought of some words <laughs> for after laughter. For after laughter, right? Yeah, define. <laughs> okay. If someone if someone says two or three words to define, I it. thought of some words. Um, so my first one was bubblegum. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Okay, and then ready for this new wave angst. Yep, nope, new wave, hundred percent. That's like three words, but I'll give it to you. New wave angst. Yeah. yeah. A one word. Like crush 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 is one word. Yeah. New, new wave, wave angst, angst is is one word. New a lot of music when I was looking at music reviews, a lot of them said Paramore like brought new wave with this album. Right. And if you even look at the album cover, the colors yep. and the it's the not the pastels yeah, yeah. and I was gonna yeah. say neon. It's not really neon. Uh, not really, yeah, but, but it's I it's I feel like yeah, you could you could make an argument that it was drawn from neon yeah, color. It's, it's yeah. very, yeah, new wave, 100%. And that's when you listen to the synth that they use and da dun da dun da dun da dun Like, mm-hmm. that's so, but that's also where I hear Caribbean. There's and a funk, like. Funk. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Nope. I think mine were, when I was listening to it again, mine were Caribbean, funky, um, and I think new wave yeah. is one of them, yeah. yeah, which we're counting as one word. But but yeah, and I just think angst, like you don't lose it. Right. And that's like so key to who Paramore is. So do you think, yeah, I was going to ask that question. I'm I'm going to create a straw man, but <laughs> well, not really, because, you know, there was critical reception of the album that, you know, these songs are more, are more radio friendly. Yeah. They can be played. You mentioned bubblegum. They can be played on a pop station. Absolutely. They can't, they, they could also be played on a rock station, maybe, but like, they're not going to be played next to like Metallica. Right. Which like you, Misery Business might've been, you know, yeah. like on a, like on a eighties, nineties and today mm-hmm. rock mm-hmm. 105. You know, right. That's my, radio that was voice. really good. Thank you. I practice a lot I... to nobody, <laughs> to no one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so do you think that. At when I so I told you I listened to it twice. Sure. The first listen of After Laughter, my and I was reading the lyrics. My initial thought was she's still sing, singing about the same things. Yeah. Which in at first I was like, I don't know if I like that because the sound changed a lot, but lyrically it felt like she didn't change a lot. But I think that the problems have evolved. Um, okay. I thought that too. I thought there was a lot of overlap in like what exactly she's singing about but it right. felt more like a grown-up 
okay. perception of okay. it. You know, like sure. problems evolve, you know, and but some of still, them are perpetual problems. And But they're still problems. But they're still problems. Yeah. We, met, we talked earlier about like kind of like having Taylor Swift vibes yeah. before Taylor Swift had these vibes. Uh-huh. God, this is another podcast. We're going to keep saying that. Taylor Swift? Yeah, no, how, what she did with Reputation, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, that's the like, one. Yep, that prob- was the deviation. Problems still, you you just said it. Problems are still problems. They're perpetual problems. Yeah, yeah. But you just kind of change the way you look at it, maybe, or, right. or whatnot. I actually wrote a note about that. Yeah. Literally, you could draw a direct line between Fences and Fake Happy. Those sure. are this. That's the same song. Yeah, sure. But... 10 years later yeah. with a lot of perspective right you know maybe that's how that problem has evolved see okay so with fake happy mm. this is one that i i heard the lyrics and i was like i feel like she's kind of saying the same stuff yeah but she kind of like, is because this is the line that did it for me okay uh you think i'll look all right with these mascara tears yeah. i heard i saw mascara tears and i was like that's, that's so, so emo so emo <laughs> So that's 2007. That's like early My Chemical Romance. That's, you know, like, uh, what do you think? I don't know. I The idea of being fake happy also seems a little like generic to me, I it guess. Is, I guess at this point, maybe it is overdone. Yeah. Yeah. But. Maybe this is one where the perpetual problem hasn't really changed. Sure. Like, it is just the same thing, and what more can you say about it? Yeah, sure. And so it feels maybe a little, like, childish. Right. Um, Like, stuck in yeah. that in that early 2000s vibe. But I did listen after Laughter, and I was like, the first time through, and I was like, this is, kind of feels like she's saying the same things in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Not that it was like, it... it it sort of bummed me out because I was like, musically, it's such a different album. Sure. So I was like kind of looking for something a little different from her. And and I I think I wrote a note about like there's some self and there's some more self empowery stuff. Yeah. 26. It's the mm. acoustic track. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a little less emo, a little more self empowery. Hold on to hope if you got it. Don't let it go for nobody. Yeah. It almost, I feel like 26 kind of let me down a little bit too. That's another one where it feels a little childish. It feels like yeah. this is something you should have worked through already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, but. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that track. Give me your overall Im- impression maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thoughts on After Laughter. Yeah. Any other notes you had? I really like Rose Colored Boy. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's a nuanced track to me. Yeah. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of ways that you can receive that. Yeah. Um, and so that stands out. I like forgiveness too. Okay. Um, I think it's This is the one where I wrote, is this a Paramore song written by Taylor Swift? Right. Yes, it actually I wrote, it could I, be I wrote that in, in some mouth. in yeah. some regard, but I or feel vice like versa. Taylor yeah. Swift is not about forgiveness. She's about revenge. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge, okay? <laughs> it feels very, um, almost like you can hear a person, like, working through this issue mm-hmm. for me. Like, I'm not quite there yet. You yeah, know, like, yeah. here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what yeah. happened. Yeah. And is that I know about myself that I am not where I Want necessarily to. want to be or need to be 
So you, you hear that throughout the song? I do. Yeah. yeah. Is that bad or good for you? I think it's good. I, okay. I think it feels more human that way, sure. right? Like it it's uh it's not a it's not as uh maybe like self-empowering. It's more like we're all human and here's what we go through. Yeah, and so yeah. it feels very relatable in yeah. that context. It's more fleshed out than why do we like to hurt so much? Right. You know, yeah. um, which is what you get on that's what you get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my favorite lines from that song is your voice is a gun. Every word is a bullet hole shot a hole in the sun. Yeah. I heard that and I was like, damn, that's Ooh. Taylor on reputation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. With apologies to Haley Williams. Yeah. But <laughs> I think you secretly wrote a song with Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah like my my note below it is still very emo but yeah. but like then i had to read more about it you know and read some of those reviews and stuff and how they said you know it's it's a candy coated bitterness or whatever they say it's a, it's a you know the whole it's a sour patch kid yeah first it's sour then it's sweet mm-hmm. but then it kind of starts this is then end sour right? this is what i wanted to, to mention um the last track which mm. is no friend no 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 there's two tracks. No friend. Yeah. I fucking love that track. Do you? I listen to it and in my brain, I'm a I'm a metal guy. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, I think this is the singer from Law Dispute. Have you ever heard Law Dispute? No. Okay, they're kind of like a very angsty metal. Um, and I was wrong. It's the guy from Me Without You. Right. Very close. I did know that it was yeah. Very close. And haven't they said that like Me Without You is a pretty big influence on them, or and also my Me Without You, I think is pretty Christian too. Strangely, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it all goes. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to sound like an asshole. Yeah. But um, I it's interesting because you asked me if I found this one very Christian, but mm. there is a very Christian song on After Laughter. It's called Idol Worship. Uh, it's it's all about like idolatry and like not doting on somebody who you know, isn't the solution to your problems, I guess. And like, it's a very, that's a very interesting track because I guess you could get back to like, you could see the, the Christian roots in it. Sure. Um, but it's basically Haley coming out and saying like, nah, nah, like this isn't what it's about, you know? Like, right. you shouldn't place your faith in me. And like, that, isn't that a line? I'd never said I'd save you, honey. Oh, it's I don't want your mo- I D L E. I wrote I D O L. Oh yeah. no, idol. Yeah, idol. No, so the me without you thing. Just to go back. Apparently, there's a. So I knew. I'm. I'm a very casual me without you fan. Okay. I know almost nothing about them. I don't. I don't know very I much know about like them at all. Two songs. I don't even um, think I could tell you the names of two songs. But. But what I loved about that song was it feel, and it's the second to last track, right? Right. It feels like. After laughter, in some ways, the way I I love album sequencing. It's one of my favorite things about albums. That's why I always listen to it front to back mm-hmm. at least one time. After laughter, no friend because they got this Aaron Wise from me without you is so, and his voice is so distinct and raw. Yeah, like it sounds like he needs some honey before, like you need a chamomile tea before you. Um, it's a really, it, I feel like that track like encapsulates the album in some ways because I don't think Haley sings at all. She on doesn't. Track. No, she doesn't so talk at all. It's it's so raw with his voice, um, and it's but just, in the background too, mm-hmm. like they they really kind of make it difficult to to hear him at all. Yeah. Yep. And that's how Me Without You is, by the way. Mm, it's okay. I think that's just a Me Without You song, basically, but a little like happier in the background. Yeah. Me Without You is kind of like a sad band sometimes. So I wrote here. It's an edgy raw vocal with a clashing happy backbeat, which mm. is this whole album. 
Yeah. So I just thought it was like really cool to like actually stick that song in there because it's such a weird song. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, like I said, I had never listened to the entirety of After Laughter until yeah. you wanted me to. <laughs> and so I, I, when that song came on and I immediately, I was like, I know that voice. I was like, this is such a weird song to put on this album. But I feel like it does like, it, it encapsulates what I think is like the point of the album, um, which is like this raw, angsty edginess. Mm-hmm against this backdrop of like everything's fine yeah and is it faux fun or is it actual fun right like that's and i think that's a you know that's a good question for life you know like (laughs) (laughs) can can anyone have fun when the world is like this like is it fun i don't know hard times (laughs) better not even try yeah um the last song, which now I don't remember what the last song is. Tell me how. Thank you. Yep. The the album, the song ends and thus the album ends on this extremely discordant riff. Yeah. The last yeah, note of that right. song is is dis, is like minor. Mm. Which I loved. Mm-hmm. As a, like and they hold it for like 10 seconds and then the album just cuts. Yeah. So it does not it doesn't resolve. That's the thing like Pop songs resolve. Sure. Like you always resolve on like a major key. Yeah. That's how every radio song ends. So to end on like this very like weird discordant note was really cool to me. That is cool. And that's when I kind of had that like what comes after laughter thought. I love that thought. And I I think that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah. It feels like. Everyone on the album is asking that themselves that question too. Sure. And yeah, when you when you give it that that sort of sort of like introspective mm-hmm. look, it makes so much sense. And it makes sense to end on a discordant note. Yeah. Because it's not that's really, where we are, you know? Like we're It's not a happy album. No. Really. It's and not. it's not and we're not in a happy time and you know what's there's funny, never though? a happy ending, right? Oh god. <laughs> You know what's funny though? Riot is a happy album. Totally. It fucking is. Even it is. though like like it's a hyped Why album. do we like to hurt so much? Like Riot is like such a happy album. Hit that hit that snare. That's her having fun, you know? They didn't need to do that. Well, the last song on the album is Born for This. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, unless you count the acoustic cover of, of Misery, Misery Business. Business. Yeah. But I don't. And think about how much of a vibe Born for yeah, This is. Yeah. That's a song that you go out like swinging. Yeah, like right. you are you are That's ready classic, to take on the world. Classic Naughty Oddies pop punk. Yeah. That song, I've heard so many different pop punk bands and their renditions of it, of a song like Born for This. Right. It's a song that's like... It's like, we're, we want the airwaves back. Is that what she says? Yeah. We want the airwaves, airwaves back. back. Yeah. That's such a fucking... That's such a pop punk anthem, a song like it that. It is. Um, it is. It's just an anthem. Yeah. Like it is a, Fully. a rock anthem. <laughs> no, Haley actually was featured on, there's a band called Set Your Goals. She was featured on one of their songs. It's one of the funnest fucking songs. They're just like a fun, like upbeat pop punk band. But that album by Set Your Goals also dealt with things like America's prison systems mm. and climate change. Um, and how the earth is fucking dying. But then there's a song with Haley Williams where she literally like cuts in and she's like, hey boys, you mind if I take it from here? And they're like, hell yeah. It's a dope song. But it's just like, that's awesome. You just like, Haley just, Paramore just is having fun, you know? And yeah. After Laughter is a fun album. 
Like, it's, the singles are fun. You the know? singles are fun. But Riot may be more angsty, but it's more fun, too. Yeah. You know? I, I think the, the level of angst maybe transfers. Right. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's like growing up. You know, how you, much you've of it got is a, nostalgia too for right. us? You know, yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it yeah. is nostalgia. Yeah, and I think that like after laughter is kind of a nostalgic album. Yeah, um, maybe even nostalgic on things that like Haley and the rest of the band weren't even around for. It feels like very seventies, eighties. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's so interesting to still like have that nostalgia be so present. Um, but keep the, the like tonal, mm-hmm. very question, like just like so much, so much is up in the air. Yeah. Like so much we don't understand and we don't know. Is, um, it feels very young adult. You yes. Know? Like, yeah, like that absolutely. is, it's just the, yeah. the time of your life where you have no idea what's going on. Is After Laughter, considering that it features a lot of like new wave-esque, 80s-esque, is it an anti-Reagan album? I mean, we'll take I... a break. We'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> my final. Yeah. What's your final? My what's final the word? Note, my final word. After I wrote down that the album ends on a very discordant riff, mm. which is cool. We mm-hmm. talked about that. Yep. And then my last note in my page is, is this life after laughter is our natural state to grin and bear it. Because like when you after you laugh, you kind of reset to your natural state. So that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Life after laughter, what's our natural state? What's our what's our zero? Where are we? I don't know. None of us know. None of us know. But it's, it's a, fun. It's a good ending. Point. It's fun to think about. It is. It is. <laughs> it's fun to think about because you just throw some steel drums and marimba under it, and who fucking cares? And then therefore, you know. Everything's God, a little a bit mo- lighter. That's a millennial album if I ever heard it. It is. Right? Who fucking cares? Here's a, here's who, a xylophone Who fucking solo. cares and who fucking knows? Yeah, like- right. Yeah. <laughs> here's some cowbell. <laughs> Brady, thanks for joining me. Thank you again for having me. I'll have you back. All we'll right. talk about something else. I don't okay, know. we'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> That Was a Departure is a podcast by me, Eric Burgess. Thanks again to my guest on today's show, because without them, I would be mumbling by myself for an hour, which is not fun. Please rate, review, and subscribe to That Was a Departure anywhere else you get podcasts. And thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.